personal, but I think your advice can help a lot of people. Knowing what you know now, what would you have said to your 15-year-old self at the point where you wanted to end your own life? You know, I think I'm kind of obsessed uh, to some degree with with, uh, films about time travel and being able to go back and and change one you know, part of your life so that your life will unfold completely differently than you thought it would. But it's not possible. There's no way you can go back and, and change things. The only thing you can do at this point is move forward in a different way. What I would have told myself at 15, as a 15-year-old is you will find your way. You will make a way for yourself. It will be lots of struggle. It will be lots of change, a lot of disorientation, a lot of move, moving around, looking for that home, looking for that place to be. Um, I would tell myself to move to California as soon as possible. <laughs> I feel like I should have been born in Southern California. There's a certain connectivity that I have both with the city life and with the geography and the nature and the people and the overall vibe to some degree was really fitting for me. I would tell myself that being, you know, being an adolescent who has no legal rights to manage their own life is hard and it's harder for some than it is for others. But just also tell myself that, you know, there is unfortunately different hands that we are dealt and we cannot spend time wishing we had another set of cards to play. Uh, I used to play a lot of spades in college, both uh, undergrad and grad school. And there's sometimes you just get a shitty hand. That's all there is to it. It doesn't matter how good you play. You know, you might get a couple books. You might even just get one. I mean, when you get one with a shitty hand, you feel like you're doing better than getting nothing. But there's nothing you can do about that hand except play it as, as, as best as you can. And eventually, thanks Spage, you'll get another hand. And sometimes, that, sometimes once you get that hand, that hand is just incredible. So you got to play the hand you're dealt. Play it and get a new hand and continue to put new cards in your deck. How about that? But uh, very thoughtful question. I hope that, I hope I answered it. You said something really important, and it's particularly relevant at this moment. People matter. People who are not at all like you, who are unknown to you, and who will never do anything to benefit you, they matter. Not only do people matter, but so do their ideas. This simple concept is very difficult for a lot of people to grasp. What needs to happen for people to realize how much we're connected? I think people have to stop and bring awareness to the fact that being a part of humanity does not mean that there is a give and take for everything that you do. It doesn't mean that you only have a finite amount of of compassion that you can give out, right? Just a little bit to this person, to that person. 
And we have to stop expecting that by doing that, it's push, pushing ourselves forward into a, diff, a, a more beneficial position for ourselves. There's a certain, in, there's an individuality around uh, that. I think it's great to be an individual and express yourself and develop yourself. But when it becomes this selfishness where the collective is, does not matter to you, like where certain people do not matter to you, unless there's something that they can offer you, unless there's something they can do for you, and then you will do for them. And that's a very selfish way to live. Now, I don't mean that you would go out and you would kind of burn yourself out and become a doormat. Um, nobody wants to do that. But if that's how we're starting our, our, our way into the world where we're only going to, where we see people again as stepping stones. And I, I think that it's really, now mind you, there's a lot of incredible people that live in Los Angeles slash Hollywood. But there's also a lot of people who their individual goals and aspirations is their priority. And if there's something that you can offer them to move in that direction, even for a momentary uh, a piece of time, they'll befriend you, they'll, you know, be selfless with you. But then when you can no longer offer them anything to move them towards individual goals, that relationship is no longer important to them. And I think a lot of people say that they, some people are fake. And, and it's not fake. They're being real. They're being who they are. They're not being fake. And you have to be very discerning when you build relationships with people. Definitely at the, when you're an adult, right? When you are over 30, uh, building friendships is a lot different. It takes years and you can't just let anybody into your life. When we're younger, we do. It works out. It doesn't work out. What are they, you know, but the idea that we have to, expand um, our reach in terms of love and compassion and, and relatability to people and look at people and recognize their value immediately instead of feeling they have to show us their value. They're already valuable. We're all valuable. So you have, it's a change of a mindset though. Everybody's valuable. And there are certain people who choose not to buy into these um, indicators of success and prestige, you know, job, education, all that. There's people who choose not. That's not like, it's not because they cannot do that, right? But some people will devalue those people thinking, well, they just can't do it, right? But everybody has enormous potential. And not everybody wants to capitalize on that potential and go into a direction that we feel is not for us. We're all individuals in terms in that way, but we should all value other people, um, especially when they have different beliefs and ideas and values. We cannot discount a person because of that. You know, that's what happens a lot. We always look for people who are same and who we feel comfortable around, but we need to find uh, uh, more diversity in, in so many areas in terms of who we interact with. And that's an intentional choice. You mentioned that improvisation classes have been extremely therapeutic for you. If you were to create the ideal class for the journey to selfdom, what would be the subject and format? Oh man, that's, this is like one I feel like I got to sit and pause for a minute. That's a really interesting creative question. 
I, I th there's something about improv, you know, even though I'm currently not taking any classes, I, I took a work workshop or two online. It just didn't feel the same because I, I am the kind of person who, whose energy is raised. My vibrational energy is raised when I'm in the presence of other people in the physical world. So have not having that, it changes kind of things for me. I have to be more perf performative and convince myself that that vibrational energy is still there coming through you know, this digital media. But I think that like a, a lot of classes already, to be honest with you, have components of what I think are delving into who we are, um, like peeling the onion skin. That might even be a good format for, for a, improv classes. You are an onion, you know, and throughout the class maybe week to week maybe it's like a six seven week class we begin to uh, go through exercises that allow us to peel off those layers one layer at a time and onion layers can be very thin it's not like a sumo orange which i love because you can peel them really quick onions are a little bit more challenging just like people but we have to examine those things by performing maybe there maybe there's an exercise that would say perform the role of a person who uh, you find most challenging to be around and then maybe perform a person who you love to be around and maybe there's like a switch during maybe you kind of are doing kind of a monologue or a scene you know a two-person scene and then the instructor was like all right switch and then you go to the other extreme, you know, and that way, and then you can kind of talk about that. I like the idea of debriefing on that. What aspects of that person that you despise are parts of you and what parts of the person that you love are parts of you. I mean, that's a really good beginning, isn't it? And I came up with that spontaneously. That's why um, the mental challenge of something live, even though this is not live, I'm just approaching it that way, minimal editing. Probably get if I'm coughing or sneezing, I'll get that out of there. But um, just kind of going for it, you know, which is which is something that I really like to do. I love I love live, in person, spontaneous moments where I'm challenged, and I think that um, improv offers me that, and I think it really does definitely offers you uh, opportunity for self reflection, no matter what workshop or class you're taking. But that's our final question for today from chapter nine of Seeking Selfdom in the Age of Selfies. I'm your host, Akello Stone. Thank you for joining this podcast. I hope that you continue to listen and, and find some ideas of relevance. All right, have a great day. Peace.